Hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. We loud and clear. <laughs> hey, boo. What's going on? Nothing, just chilling, enjoying this day. It's almost over. I've been so busy today, but you know I had to make time for you, okay? Yes. Yes. Finally. Shut up. <laughs> okay, so before we go ahead and get started, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am Denzel. Um, I am 24. Um, I am gay and genderqueer. And my pronouns are he and, he, he and him, she and her, they and them. It really doesn't matter to me okay. personally. Okay. So... Um, you know, I gave you a little bit about what we were going to talk about today, and I think that I kind of want to start with everything that's been going on in today's climate. I really want to know how black people feel. Like, I want to talk, I want to specifically talk to black women, black men, black queer men, uh, black queer women. Like, you know, I really want to talk to everybody because I feel like people want to tell us how to feel without really listening. Um, So I want to know, how does it feel to be a black man in today's climate? Specifically, a black queer man. Um, It's honestly, to me, my daily life has not changed um, a lot because I tend to stay to myself anyway. Um, I tend to stay away from uh, the the police force as much as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, Seeing it and knowing that it's dark, like it's it's a it's nerve wracking because like even when I go out into my community, when I take my dog on a walk, it's it's nerve wracking because I live in the, I live more in a central area of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and the communities around me, there's a lot of Caucasian people, and it's it's a little nerve wracking sometimes, just walking my dog in the neighborhood, and then like there is a lot of you know white allies, but sometimes they be feeling like they want you to say something when you see they signs. Like, oh, okay, you got Black Lives Matter or you, you want justice or whatever. But it always seems like they trying to get you to, like, recognize their allyship. Right. At least that's what, I have, what I've been experiencing. I'm not going to speak on everybody, but that's what I've, I've been experiencing. Right. And, I mean, I feel the same way. It's nerve-wracking, but it's like our day-to-day life hasn't changed but I know I can't speak for your experience because I am a black woman so I can't say you know what I'm saying like my experience will be very similar to yours um but I mean with all this stuff going on like how do you protect your peace like me personally I'm an empath so I tend to like um do other things I try my best to stay off my phone I try my best to keep my like the TV off, like I, like I'm out there and I'm out here um, sharing knowledge. Like you know, I'm out here sharing knowledge. Like I've been to a couple of protests in like in my community, but at the same time, like you also got to understand, like you have to take a step back too. Like you can't always be on the forefront. And one thing that I'm learning is that um, when it comes to change, that there's some people who are meant to be soldiers. There's some people who are mm-hmm. meant to be warriors out there on the front line, and then there's some of us who are meant to be those healers and those those guide the the guidance and those people who um you know help everybody heal once all of the change has come into play 
or when exactly. all uh, I guess the war, quote unquote, has been fought, like there's people out there who you know have to put their little have to help out, and I feel like that's what I that's what I am is a helper. Like I'm not a forefront on the front line, but I am gonna share the the knowledge. I am gonna make you see. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. Yeah, I agree. And like we had talked about before a few days ago, I didn't know how to feel. I felt very indifferent. I felt like I'm not one of those people, just like you said, to be in the front lines. And because I'm so sensitive, because I am an empath like you, it's hard to put yourself out there in the front line. Like you feel like you meant to be there for the aftermath, not in the middle Mm -hmm. of the storm. And I feel kind of bad. I'm not going to lie. I felt really bad at first because I'm like, I'm supposed to be out there. But I had to really sit back, especially after me and you had talked and realized maybe it's just not for me. It's not meant for me to be out there. You know what I'm saying? So it makes so much sense what you're saying. Um, Everybody just not built for that, period, point blank. So with everything as far as police brutality, um, social injustice, do you feel like you being a black queer man affects your views on police brutality? Um, no. The okay. gays have been attacked by the police. Like, um, I feel like it's not something that's, it shouldn't be normalized, but we normalize it. Like, it's something that we have always dealt with. Not saying that that's a good thing, but it's something that we have always dealt with. Right. And I don't want to speak for you, but I could imagine when you endure so much trauma, you see it, you live it, you breathe it, you kind of become a little numb to it. Like, it's just everyday life. And it's not because you don't care. It's just one of those things that it's like, that's how it's It's, been. It's heavy. Yes. It's it's like you you used to it. You kind of numb to it. You, You care about it, but sometimes it's like you don't know how to feel. You don't know if you even have a dog in the fight and that's another thing I want to talk to you about because I know a lot of people in the queer community have stated their feelings their mixed emotions as far as well black people that look like me treat me like this so why should I care why should I have a dog in this fight and I feel like that feeling is very valid it's most definitely very valid yeah I feel like it's very valid um because a lot of us black queer people like I mean like I feel like a lot of black people uh, you know we used to being bullied so the bully uh, the bully becomes the bully and I feel like mm-hmm. that's what a lot of black like a lot of hetero cisgender black people do they bully queer people because it makes them feel better you know because they being bullied we being bullied all together by you know our white counterparts on this earth, you know what I'm saying? So they feel like, okay, if I can bully this mother, this person, it'll make me feel better. And like, I do kind of have like mixed emotions about it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I do stand strong on Black Lives Matter. Like, I understand where people are coming from, where they they feel like they shouldn't have, they shouldn't fight. But um, I don't know. I I understand where they coming from. I I know how they feeling. Like, it's hard being black and queer. Like. You go, it's like being black and queer is like trauma every day. It's all day. Mm-hmm. Like the only time you don't have trauma is if you by yourself. Like it's trauma. And then even then you still have trauma because you still have to deal with the trauma that's been placed upon you. Like it's 
it's a constant fight, not only for your your gender or your sexual orientation, but also for your culture. Right. Right. And I think a lot of this stems from people and their sense of religion or whatever. Um, I think that's what a lot of that stems from, honestly. But I mean, that doesn't make it right because that's where it stems from, or right, uh, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of stems from. Mm-hmm. So I know you mentioned cisgender. Not everybody doesn't know what that means. So could you explain to the people like what that means? Because I, I really want to educate them on this. I don't. I want them to know all of it. So can you explain okay. it to them? I can lay it out for you guys. Okay, so cisgender is uh, the, it means that you were, you identify with the the gender that you were assigned at birth. Okay? And then there's transgender, which is, you, a lot of people know, um, is a transformation from one gender to the other. Mm-hmm. And then there's like those non-binary gender queer people who don't really identify with one or the other gender or either of the genders. Like my gender queerness kind of stems from my personal spiritual beliefs. Um, I do believe there's like five genders. There's like people who are super masculine. There's some people who are just like masculine. Then there's like that neutral ground, that in-between state. And then there's femininity. And then there's like super feminine people. So, I mean, that's where my gender queer stems from. Mm Because I recognize that I am made up of both masculine and feminine energy. And I should, rep- I should, you know, respect both of them and represent both of them at the same time. I think that's what, right. me personally, I believe that's what makes you one. Right. So I'm glad that you brought up being masculine, uh, feminine, because a lot of the misconceptions um, with being gay is like people have this image of flamboyant you know, out there, and it's like, not all gay men are like this. <laughs> like, people no. associated gay being associated with being masculine, and that's not true, or excuse me, feminine, when there's plenty of gay men who are very masculine. Like, they don't, they, they, you don't have to be feminine in order to be gay. I feel like people, it's like a huge misconception with their community, because People always want to put this argument of, well, why do we have to know your sexual orientation? You don't. Like, you're pressing it on me. You're making it a big deal. And that's another thing that I want to talk to you about is, like, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about being a queer man? And even if you could give some, some experiences as being a black queer man, like specifically pertaining to being black. Um, people, it's, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people know the stereotypes because a lot of them press it or like say them like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Like you, you have to, and, um, or you're like a hairdresser or you out there doing nails. Um, uh, what else stereotypes? Do they, I mean, it's just a bunch of them. Like we don't rock rainbow every day. Like we're not, <laughs> and I hate to say like we're regular, regular people, but I feel like me personally, I feel like we're we're people, but like we're different types of people. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense, but like I feel like heteros are like I guess here to like reproduce or whatever, and being like queer people are here or or more for, for like that divinity because a lot of the people queer people I know are very like 
spiritual or like religious. Um, they're very wise and they, you know, help people out. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, it does. It does. So with growing up, how has homophobia affected you? Um, it affected me a lot. More in my family life than in my school life. Um, for school, uh, elementary school, I got bullied a little bit for being queer. Um, mm-hmm. More of like uh, like slang, I mean slurs like fag, you're uh, you're a fag, or oh, that's why you gay, this and that and the third. Um, but that stuff kind of didn't really it affected me, but it didn't affect me at the same time. I think it more affected me because uh, when I would go home, my home wasn't a safe place for me. Mm. Like my mother, uh, my father passed away when I was young, and my mother uh, had a real resentment towards the queer, I guess, the queer uh, community because my father was actually bisexual. Mm-hmm. We didn't find all of that out until he passed away. Um, and she would say little slick things. I would have, um, my aunties would say little slick things. Um, my uncles didn't want to be around me. Um, my grandma would say some slick things. Like, I remember one time my grandma, uh, she said something like that really hurt my feelings. Um, she was like, okay, so we was, you remember we was at East, right? And we had those uh-huh. Lancer Fed shirts, which is kind of like, field day for a lot of like schools or whatever and we had the mm-hmm. pink ones i think that was 2013 i think that was our year uh, Ooh, we had the pink was. ones and she that. told me um i was going to my auntie house because my auntie she works on houses and stuff and she you know works on houses so we was going over to help her me and my little cousin and she said it was at one point where a man can get in my car with a pink shirt on Oh, wow. And they just, that had took me back, like, dang, like, this is like, this is just like a, a regular, regular shirt. This ain't no special shirt. This Money is just a little, business. Yeah, this is the shirt I was going to go help my auntie in because the shirt was already had a bunch of, like, stains and stuff on it. It was just like, it's just like the little slick comment. I think people don't, they, they think it's funny and it really, it's really hurtful. Like, I had my mama, my mama called me a fag a couple of times. She called me on my name a lot. I'm, I think it was not a couple of times. It was more than a couple of times. It's a lot of times where I wanted to uh, commit suicide. There's a lot of times where I've tried mm-hmm. being queer and, and black and then being black on top of that inside of a community that was mostly white. Like we, right. we went to like a school that was mostly white, even though, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was a good number of black people there, but it was a mostly white school. Mm-hmm. Like it was that's I think that's difficult not being in your community or like being around people like you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not who I want to touch on some experiences because I know that there was a um post that was going around asking what was the first time you had experienced racism. And man, it was so many people from East. Uh, all the middle schools in the area who had all these terrible experiences and I can remember a few off the top of my head and then to think that you can't even go home to your family and have a safe space you know they're supposed to be your safe haven from everybody else beating you down and you can't even do that so to deal with racism um, and then come home and deal with homophobia or hell Dealing with homophobia and racism outside the home and then coming back and not feeling protected. 
you know. Most definitely. It was plenty of times where I stayed at the school after the school just like not to go home. Like I remember uh well, I think my first racist experience was with Miss Kramer. I don't know nobody knows who she is, but she, she was an English teacher at our high school. And um we were in the classroom or whatever. You talking about you know, that lady that looked like um she had like that real stringy blonde hair, it was short. Yes. She was, she was in D building. Yeah, and she used mm-hmm. to walk like a a, a penguin. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> she told me. <laughs> but so we was in the classroom and everybody was talking. You know what I'm saying? But she called she called me and a couple other black students out for talking in the classroom, um, or whatever. And but the other students, the white students, like, were still talking. So I'm like, Miss Kramer, if you're gonna tell us to be quiet, then everybody needs to be quiet. And she okay. was like, don't worry about what I, uh, she was like, just worry about you. You stay quiet. Da, 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 da. And I, I called her out because I'm a, I'm a person that's going to call you out. Like, I ain't, I, I don't care. I'm going to call you out. And right. I was like, you being real racist. <laughs> and I remember she told me to go. <laughs> I picture you saying that. So I, I remember she told me to go out into the hallway, y'all. She told me to go <laughs> in the hallway. I sit in the hallway for the whole class period. And then, like, near the end, she came out there and she was like, I want to talk to you about your comment. I'm not racist. She was like, my best friend is black and this and the third. Oh my God. I told her straight up, Miss Creamer, I don't care who (laughs) is your friend. I don't. That doesn't make, that doesn't mean you're not racist. Facts. And then the bell had rang, but we was in the hallway talking. I had grabbed my stuff and I had left. But I'm I'm good for calling you out. I'm going to call you out on everything. I don't care. And for some odd reason, I guess that's just supposed to erase your racism. As if we go sit here and pretend like people don't have um, babies with black children. Black people. And then they, they pass these ideas onto their kids. Don't sit there and pretend like, oh my God, whew, we finna go into all of this. I cannot stand, because that's another thing, the colorism, the texturism with the hair texture. Mm-hmm. We not so gonna sit here and pretend like we ain't never heard nobody say um, I hope my, my baby don't have hair like her daddy. Hoping mm-hmm. that your baby have more white features. Don't sit there and pretend like um you wouldn't be upset if your baby had more coarse hair or they had darker skin as if you didn't have a child with somebody who was black. Like, we need to stop pretending like that's not a real thing. People do it all the time. Most definitely. Who child? But yeah, I'm glad that you was able to stand up for yourself because it's like just to think of going to these schools and looking back on all the experiences you had and you like, damn, these teachers really didn't like me. But you don't realize it until you get older, like all the little slick stuff they would do. They would call you out before they would call anybody else out. I knew I knew all the teachers that did not like me. I can list every teacher that did not like me in my whole school. At every school I've ever been to, because I just like, because I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm the type. I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna let you know, this is the team. Period. Like you're not gonna talk to me mm-hmm. crazy. You're not gonna disrespect mm-hmm. me, and you're not gonna disrespect my classmate. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm the type that's gonna call you out. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, and those are the teachers I usually have the most problem with, because I end up calling them out for whatever reason. Either it's because of something racist that they didn't say, or something that wasn't factual. I had a civics right. teacher. She got mad at me because all the stuff that she was like teaching us when it came to black history or whatever, it was wrong. And I called mm-hmm. her out on it and she did not like it. 
because she probably just uh like they anytime you call an adult out they could be wrong as two left shoes that mean you disrespectful they could be wrong as the the day is clear they do not care like they have no intentions on being better people they not have no intentions of learning and kids are out here have more knowledge than grown people it's crazy but they don't be willing to listen mm-hmm. they don't you know what i'm saying they they want to say what they want to say they don't want to listen they want to change it's ridiculous um and I, i'm glad that we're talking about school because i was going to ask you what advice would you give black children and if you could also give some advice for black queer children as well for black children as a whole um my advice is to stand your ground my advice mm-hmm. is um this may sound a little prejudiced but it is um I feel like it's a little essential, but you need to have more black friends than you have white friends or any other friends because mm-hmm. them black kids are going to stand by you, period. Like, that's just how I feel. That's what I experienced because mm-hmm. um, when it comes down to it, a lot of those white kids will leave you high and dry. Um, and know your history. Even if you got to go learn it yourself, know the facts so that nobody can fool you because they will try to fool mm-hmm. you. They will try to fool you as much as That's possible. True. If they can make you become a dependent instead of dependent, they will do it. Mm-hmm. That's just that's these are facts. And don't these are facts. And don't you know trip like stand your ground most definitely. Always stand your ground no matter what it is, no matter how little the situation. Stand your ground and don't budge. That's some good advice. I, I'm I'm here for it. Okay, I am here for all of it. <laughs> and for my black um, queer kids, like it's it'll be it, it. Things get better. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you. Things get better. Um, it sucks for a lot of queer kids. You're gonna have to wait till you get 18 and you're able to be an adult, or wait till you get to college to actually like flourish. Um, mm-hmm. But also, don't be a fool either. Know what's going on around mm-hmm. you. Know, um, you know, know, just know. Because even as a queer kid, there's a lot of queer men who are predators. Queer men, queer yeah. women, oh, queer people, goodness. there's some queer predators out there. So you need to pay attention. You need to know the signs. And if somebody is talking to you and they like 35 and you 16, they not talking to you because they you're know mature. They're they talking to you because mm-hmm. they like children, and that's a pedophile. Call them out. Call the police on them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. If, if you feel like, and there's another thing I want to say when it comes down to religion, because I know a lot of black people, um, a lot of them are stuck in Christian homes or Islamic homes. Mm-hmm. If that is not what you believe in, don't believe it. Period. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up as a Christian. Actually, I went from Christian to Muslim, to atheist, to Buddhist, back to Christian, and now, <laughs> and now I'm a witch. Like, you will find your path. Like, if that's not what you believe in, don't do it. Don't believe something out of fear. Do not believe something out of trying to fit in because you will never fit in, and you will always live your life in fear. If that, if your religion or your beliefs do not give you peace, they do not bring you love. They do not bring you success. It's not for you. Period. Period. Yes. Yes. And you just really brought something up to me because I wanted to talk about this earlier. But one thing that scares me is 
so many stories how people want to make um the queer community out to be the enemy like we've seen so many stories about somebody being in a closet and somebody queer being in a relationship with them and then as soon as it comes out now all of a sudden oh they tricked them into being in a relationship or tricked them into doing sexual favors or whatever and now here they are murdering somebody to prove their masculinity or mm-hmm. murdering somebody to prove that they're not gay. And that scares me a lot about our children, like our queer children, because it's like, just because you in the closet, now you got to kill me right? But to prove yourself. That's another thing too, like, like do not, me personally, I don't talk to DL men. Like I used to, um, they're they are very dangerous. And that's something, they would do anything to protect That's something them that kids. I had to learn. That's something I'm gonna pass on. Do not talk to DL men. Like, do not talk to men who are not. Oh, I shouldn't even say men, but do not talk to people who are not out of the closet, because those are the most dangerous people. They because they feel like they have something to lose, and when you feel like you have something to lose, you'll do anything to protect what you got, what you think you have to lose. Anything. So do not talk. To, that's a dangerous person. That's a dangerous person, mm-hmm. and they're not strong. First of all, they're weak, and I'm 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 gonna be honest. They weak. They fearful. And they got they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk, don't talk to nobody like that. It takes a lot of courage to come out of the closet. It takes a lot of strength to come out of the closet. It takes a lot of debating with yourself to come out of the closet. Do not squander that to for somebody who's in the closet. There's so many right. out people out Amen. there. There's so many people who have done the same thing that you've done. They're out there. But don't don't risk your life for somebody. In the closet because you like that quote unquote bad that bad guy that bad person or whatever, it's not worth it. It's too, it's too dangerous. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yes, and I was like just watching all them stories of uh queer or trans um woman being murdered because quote unquote their little boyfriend's secret got out and they feel like they got to kill them and people justifying it, talking about some, well, they should have been honest up front. Come on now. They knew what they was getting into. They knew who they were dealing with. Don't sit there and believe. They knew who they were Yeah, most definitely knew who they were with. They knew who they were with. They they, they convinced you that they didn't know because they too big on trying not to look uh, gay. They don't want anybody to know that they're gay. But they're willing to spend life in prison to prove that to who and for what you took a life and your own just to prove what you threw everything away for nothing it's, it's for ridiculous. nothing yes for nothing for nothing it makes They're no dangerous. sense don't don't mess uh, with them yes absolutely like they remember oh my god i mean this story is a little different but you remember when that lady called herself blackmailing Oh, um, they got from Indianapolis. It wasn't even her ex-boyfriend. They got from Indianapolis. Yes, yes. I remember that was on the news. She had blackmailed that dude because she caught him sleeping with this other guy, and she tried to get some money out of him, and he didn't want to pay her, so she went out and told everybody that he was queer, or whatever, and he killed her. Like he he drove, he ran this girl down in the car, and he shot and killed her. Yes, and it's so funny because me and you was talking about it so bad because we was like, 
everybody was agreeing with the girl talking about, oh, she needs to protect straight women. And it's like, no, she wasn't. She was being Being messy very messy. She wasn't day. protecting nobody. She was too busy trying to get a dollar out of somebody and then ended her life. She wasn't trying to protect nobody. And that's nobody. It wasn't her husband. It wasn't her boyfriend. It wasn't somebody she was committed to. Like, you dealt with this man one time, had one sexual encounter with him, and now all of a sudden you superhero for a hetero uh, women, cis women, <coughs> girl like, by. Don't don't speak for us, girl by. <laughs> like, come on now, and we we wasn't saying like the girl deserved to die, but it's like you play stupid games, you win stupid yeah, prizes. Yeah, most definitely. You can't be playing with people's lives like that. It ain't none of your business what they do in their bedroom. They don't owe you nothing. Most definitely, she should have just left it alone. She should have just kept her mouth closed. She trying to be, uh, trying to blackmail them. But yeah, I mean, it's been so many incidences with that and uh, mad baby mamas, they want to put their baby daddy out there and it's like, okay, but you knew he was bi and now all of a sudden it's a problem because you can't get your way. And they use it as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Their sexuality as a weapon to ruin them or whatever they're trying to do. But that's and because like, of the okay, that's because of the black community too. Like they have weaponized sexuality yes. and they use it to destroy somebody. Yep. All the time. All the time. Anything else you want to talk about? Um because I tried to cover everything, but if there's any important information like you want to share with them or you know, you wanted to discuss. I'm here for it. You, I feel like a lot of people um, need to give like the props to the queer community, the queer black community, at least like um, because we do go out there and we're out there protesting with y'all. Um, we started movements. We're starting petitions. We're the ones that's kind of doing a lot of the background um, action, even though we're not like the spokesmen mm -hmm. or whatever. We do a lot of background action. Like, even for Martin Luther King, let's talk about that. Martin Luther King, uh, he was the face. They hit Rustin. He was the face, Shout but out it to was him. a queer person in the background doing a lot of uh, the petitions and stuff and putting a lot of the organizations together. And so I just feel like we need to come together as a community. We're one. We're one community. Like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> regardless of our gender identities, regardless of our sexuality, Regardless of anything, we are a community, and it's really just—it's really Amen. disgusting to see like a lot of my trans sisters uh, getting beat up on camera, getting jumped by these grown mm -hmm. men on camera, and nobody's doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like it's—it's real life. It's really disgusting, and it makes you—and I, I understand why a lot of queer people just don't don't care, because why would you care? If somebody don't care about your own life. Right, right. That's true. And I want to bring up something too. Like, with that, it's like people are so afraid of learning about LGBTQ, or I feel like a lot of people are misinformed. Like, they think that it's about the sexuality. No, it's not. It's about the civil rights movement, it's about all the things that they have done to, uh, for progression for us to be where we are. Like, it's not about the sexual... Like, people are so afraid of children learning about LGBTQ+, um, Q plus community, and 
the part that they play a huge freaking part in culture. They don't care. People people don't uh, care. They just don't. It, they no, just they don't, don't want their kids to turn out gay. And I use turn out in quotation marks. Like they just don't want their kids to turn out gay because it no matter what you learn in history, you learn about a person's sexuality. You learn about their gender identity. Period. When I learned about yeah. uh, Martin Luther King, I learned about his gender identity. I learned about his wife, his sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I learned about all of that. That stuff mm-hmm. is, is also important to the story, regardless of how you feel or what you think. It's not about us. We're not out here teaching kids how to, how to have uh, sex with the same sex. That's not what it's about. It's about also giving mm-hmm. representation to the other kids that are in the classroom other than those hetero and cisgender kids. They deserve representation too, don't they? At least that's what I thought. I always thought they deserve representation. I always thought they deserve the right to know that it's other people like me who were successful or are successful to not have to go searching Mm -hmm. far and wide to find these resources when they can be put there right in the school book. Amen. They deserve that. They much. deserve it. Like that's crazy that they can't. They don't even want to give them that. We like. I try to tell people yeah. like, we we queer people are not trying to um, make your kids gay or whatever. We're trying to save the ones that already are. We don't want them to go through have to go through constant trauma like a lot of us had to go through. We don't want them to have to feel like they don't. They don't belong in the world like a lot of us had to. We don't want them to have those suicidal mm. thoughts, that depression, that anxiety, that social anxiety, or um, anything else like a lot of us do. We right. want, the, right. we want the queer kids to have a place to go, and we don't want them to have to wait until they turn 18 to go to a bar or have to wait until they turn 18 to go to college to meet other queer kids, I mean, other queer people. You have to wait your whole life mm-hmm. to meet other queer people? Like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You you have put in, put in so much insight and so much knowledge um, out there for people. And I really appreciate you for that because people really need to hear it. I think that people are afraid of things that they don't understand and there's nothing to be afraid of you can understand something that doesn't mean that you agree with it i think that people like in their head they think well i don't agree with this so why would i know anything about it or what's the point of me knowing anything about it you can disagree with a lot of things like it's it's things that i research i don't necessarily agree with it but i have the knowledge at least i know what it is so I think people need to broaden their horizons and like I think the worst thing that you can do is only be around a community that you agree with because you can learn so much from things that don't necessarily align with you but like you could take things mm-hmm. from it. You could take a lot of things from it. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate you for putting that out there and I want to end this on a good note. So I want to ask you, what is the best thing to you about being a black queer man? The best thing? Um, mm-hmm. I um, I, <laughs> uh, the, I say the culture. Let me say the culture. Because like it's, it's amazing to be black. Freaking it's amazing. Like so amazing to be black. But it's even more amazing to be black and queer. 
like we're like the highlight to everybody's day. We are what y'all breathe and eat. We ha- we created all the slang that a lot of y'all use, like uh, what's the tea? Get your coins. Um, all of it. Like it's amazing to be queer black. Like period. I think it's the culture. It's the culture. Yes. Like for real. Like it's the culture. It's rich. Yes, and and let me start out by saying that when I had watched Paris is Burning a few years ago. And I was so freaking fascinated by the underground balls. Like, I didn't realize how huge that was. Like, it meant something to them. Not It wasn't even just, oh, let's get dressed up. It's, we know we can't necessarily be these things in our everyday life. But I don't want to say pretend to be those things. It's more of like, it's just their culture. It's a way for them to keep their spirits mm-hmm. high to connect with each other like it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen I learned so much from watching that and I've been so fascinated with that and like just like you said even some of the slang that we use now like I didn't even realize they was using it in the 80s I was like dang I thought this was new it's crazy like we should have been known these things it's important to know where you know things originated from and I never knew that yes I recommend that to everybody out there go watch Paris it's burning it's on Netflix right now. It's even it's even on YouTube. So if you ain't got Netflix, you can get yourself on YouTube and watch it. It's an amazing documentary. Um, yes. it's, it's just so much appreciation to the Black queer culture. Like it's it's just amazing. So I I recommend watching it at least once. Like it's nothing but like an hour and like twenty minutes. Like that's nothing. Like it's mm-hmm. amazing. So you should go watch it. And a lot of stuff you're gonna see and a I lot still- of stuff. And the documentary has been used in other places. That's one thing y'all gotta realize. It's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in that documentary that's been used in a lot of other places. Voiceovers. It's crazy. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I love me some Pose. Oh, yes. Pose. That's my Most show. <laughs> yes. I still be researching stuff from um, Paris is Burning. Like, I'm still just so fascinated. It's just everything about it was so amazing to me. Like, it's crazy. Y'all have really influenced, hell, black culture. We want to talk about that, but people are so afraid of the queer community. Like, the fashion, hair, makeup, slang. Like, it's just, you got to show appreciation. But... Thank you so much. You're welcome. For allowing me to interview you. I appreciate you. Tell them how they can follow yes, you. Yes, guys. Follow me. I am on Instagram at the black underscore queer witch. You guys can follow me there. I do a lot of um, witchcraft, I guess, if you're into that. Occult. Um, I also talk about queer issues. I also talk about black issues on my blog. Um you also can like my my business page. I also have a business page on Facebook at the Moon Child's Remedies and Tarot, uh, where I do uh, a lot of skincare. Actually, I've been working on some skincare right now while we've been talking. Skincare. Um, I do tarot readings for people. Um, I do spells for people, just certain spells. Um, but please don't like, don't share. Let people know that we out here. And let people know that we're queer, period. You already know the vibe. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank All right. you. Deuces. Bye. <laughs> Bye.